Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Monday. Oh my. Ooh, I just I, I just moved a little bit too much in the wrong direction. Oh my. Nobody make me laugh. I decided to work out yesterday and work my core, do a little work on my core. And I'm not talking about my core beliefs because, you know, they're solid and they don't sway for anybody. OK, we're talking about that inner core that, that that that's called working the stomach muscles. OK, which isn't something I do on a regular basis. And I might have done it mistakenly yesterday. So nobody make me laugh because that's when it gets the worst, and including my partner in crime here. Even though I'm in a, in a in a particularly good mood. In fact, there was a story that broke over the weekend that made me laugh. I'm going to tell you guys about that. Um, we've got some interesting breaking news in terms of poll numbers that should be some good news for us, making us all smile and giggle. But will it matter? It depends on how you view our election integrity in the country. we got to talk about that. And speaking of elections, it's election eve. Supposedly, the bellwether election is tomorrow, and I'm talking about the governor's race. There's two governor races tomorrow, but the one that's really got everybody's attention and is considered to be the bellwether and, and, and critical to this nation going forward is the Virginia race for governor. So have no fear because I got the man with the answers. We'll be here. I'm talking about our brother Ed Martin of Pro America Report that you can hear every night here on The Answer San Diego. He's going to be here. Still would love to hear from you guys. 888-344-1170. And uh, before I go any further, let me bring in my brother. It's DJ Potato Skins. We have a gentleman. I view it this way. Anything that potentially can help, and that certainly can potentially help, is a good thing. DJ DJ Trying to look out for you. If you want to save your stomach muscles during the laughter portion of the show, that Mm -hmm. means no food or cute Mm -hmm. puppy videos during the breaks. Right, right. And uh, yeah, and and, um, gee, what Twitter accounts, you know, and and no, no, don't be playing any audio of Joe Biden. (laughs) <laughs> at any recent speeches, okay? There wasn't. I don't know if you saw. It went viral that this Australian news outlet was playing multiple clips from Biden, and they actually first they they quoted him, and then they played the clip of him speaking. It was like, and they were like, "This is this is the president of the United States," and everybody had a laugh. It's embarrassing. It, it's it, and she, well, it's embarrassing, and it was funny at first. This Australia news outlet and and they're and they they've gone crazy insane down in Australia. So when you're a laughing stock compared to Australia, you're you're in bad shape. So they were all laughing and yucking it up at Joe Biden, and then they were like, "Serious tip though, this is the president of the United States, supposedly the leader of the free world, and dudes talking about trains and portals and don't go on this bus." I mean, it, it, it and then of course I don't know if you saw what was trending this weekend that Joe Biden had an accident in his meeting with the Pope and hashtag poopgate was the number one, number one trending. Okay, you la- see now see I, I made myself laugh and my stomach muscles are are, are are screaming at me and not thanking me for it right now. But don't tell me that man got eighty million votes. Don't there's tell no way. There's no way he got eighty million votes. And let me tell you, this Let's Go Brandon is a true movement in this country. I'm not a baseball fan, but I was loving seeing uh number forty five at the Atlanta game, the Braves game over the weekend, and what nobody chanting anything nasty at that man. Of course not. He was supposedly the most reviled president in the history. Joe Biden is supposed to be the most popular president in history. And you know, and and this is a chant that's happening worldwide. 
you know, about I Joe Biden. Like to compare it to, I always say this: people think that Biden actually got more legitimate votes than Obama. Like him or hate him, he's a dynamic man. There's no way that's possible. Absolutely, it's it's a complete statistical improbability, impossibility. It's not even remotely possible. And and um, so it should it should come as no surprise to anybody that these chants about Joe Biden are happening. What uh, I, I don't know if you heard the latest story that we had a Southwest airline pi- pilot, I guess, on Friday, he was landing a plane. You know, usually they go, you know, we're on our final descent. Yeah. You know, thank you've got a lot of choices when you fly. Thank you for flying Southwest. So then he wraps up the flight with a let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's worth the pain. That's that's worth the pain in my stomach to giggle at that. OK, so immediately. People are tweeting out as soon as the story broke. Some people are like, did this really happen? Did we really have a South? Because that's pretty bold right now to be doing that. The left is absolutely hysterical that these chants are happening, which is why it went from blank Joe Biden to let's go Brandon. Because, you know, what happened there was this NASCAR race was happening and the winner was a dude named Brandon. And so as the as this NBC reporter, I think it was, was interviewing him to refresh his memory on this, how this came to be. As she's interviewing this guy, Brandon, you can clearly hear these chants going on in the background. So she decides being, you know, a, a really a good little propagandist uh, soldier for the Marxist state decides to act as though they're really chanting. Let's go, Brandon. So now that just became the new thing, which I love because there's no profanity involved. Right. You can say it anywhere. You can say it anywhere. Right. In any company. There's all kinds of memes now, like with Jill Biden saying, you know, please, you know, Joe's answering to Biden now. Please stop with the let's go, Brandon. So anyway, this so the Southwest pilot um, decided to end his flight with that. And, um, you know, he, he the left has gone absolutely hysterical over it. And one of the reasons why they're hysterical over it is because they're not used to us playing their by their rules. Right. By their game. We're supposed to I think sit. we're the nice old conservative. Right. We're, they're used to us taking the high road. And expecting us to never get down and roll around in the mud, right? And quite frankly, I don't, I don't think that there's anything about rolling around in the mud that says, let's go, Brandon. Oh, because it's not flattering to Joe Biden? Tell me where in the U.S. Constitution I'm not allowed to criticize an elected official. We must be criticizing our elected officials because they are supposed to represent us. It is supposed to be we the people. It's not supposed to be dictators that we're not allowed to criticize, wasn't it Hillary Clinton who screamed during the George W. Bush administration that it was patriotic to criticize your elected officials? I'm old enough to remember when they were burning effigies of George W. Bush in the streets. These are the same people that are, see, they're hysterical because this is gaining, grow, growing legs, right? This is a true movement. How dare the conservatives actually use their voices? We're supposed to sh- sit down and shut up. And just put up with whatever they want they, they want to put upon us. We're not supposed to rise up. We're not supposed to use our voices. This is why they want hate speech legislation and they want to control our speech, right? If they could, they'd be rounding up everybody who chanted this at a football game and throw them in with the January 6th crowd, right? These are the same people that are upset about this. Celebrated Kathy Griffin when she held up a bloody uh, head of uh, that looked like a decapitated Donald Trump. These are the same people that celebrated the cast of Hamilton on Broadway who actually confronted Vice President Pence, who was sitting in the audience. Do you remember that? He paid he paid what, like a thousand dollars a ticket to take his daughter to watch this play. And he was verbally assaulted by the cast members on stage. Oh, that's okay. 
but a pilot's not allowed to say, let's go, Brandon? How about how how about the fact that um, I thought that it was okay on the job to protest? Isn't that what taking a knee was all about? They've got the right. How can you say that they can't protest or exercise their First Amendment rights of criticizing the United States and our government on the job? They've got the right to do that. They didn't. They didn't abdicate their First Amendment rights and their right to protest when they took the job. Isn't that what we heard over the knee controversy in the NFL? So of course these players had the right to do that. Well, then so does he. See, we're never we the Republicans and conservatives in the opposition. I don't even know this man's I don't even know, know this man's viewpoint. But the thing is, I've got some poll numbers for you later. This is about the opposition. This isn't about Republican. They're Democrats and independents. That are probably going to hand the state of Virginia over to a Republican tomorrow because of tyranny. And they don't care what letter is coming after somebody's name. What they care about is their liberty. And they see what's happening in this country. They see that today. The FDA has approved the emergency use of shots on five-year-olds. Why? What, emergency use? A year and a half later on five-year-olds who don't get it or don't, or don't give it? What emergency? There's no emergency. The emergency is, is they don't have enough people that have gotten on board with the tyranny. The emergency is that there's hundreds of thousands of people around the country, 60,000 at this ballpark, 60,000 over here chanting, let's go, Brandon, Right. Their real emergency is that that we haven't completely collectivized and submitted to the will of the state at this point. That's their true emergency. And the reality is there should have been more people standing up for this because we now know a year and a half later, these are not vaccines. It's technically not a vaccine when it does not. And I heard this on a show today, might have been Gorka's show where somebody called in and said, look, if you go and look at the history of like the smallpox vaccination, where that became where there was a, a court rule that, yes, the, the, the government could force you to get the smallpox. It was because that it, it you were a spreader of it at that point. Right. So there was a legitimate public health and it was the only way to stop the spread of it was if you got this. This doesn't stop the spread of anything. And these are therapeutics at best. These are treatments and they're not working. Somebody somebody tweeted somebody tweeted out today. Well, I guess if you die from covid after you've gotten the shot, you die less. Your your death is less of a death than it was if you, if you hadn't gotten hey. shot. I mean, <laughs> these are treatments. So they're trying to force you to take their treatment, which is unconstitutional. While denying you the opportunity to take a treatment that could actually work. And it's all about the money. And I think they're getting more pushback on this than they had planned for. Right. Um, I will tell you, Southwest, what is incredibly disturbing was Southwest Airlines has launched an investigation into the pilot. Investigate what? If he violated a company policy and saying something, then I feel like it should be addressed. Put him in his file. I don't know what, you know, there should be an employee handbook that has to do with how you, you know, announcements that you make on the microphone. And I, and I will tell you, they don't do it much anymore, but the old Southwest, they used to yuck it up and they used to sing songs and do this kind of stuff. They were silly. They were silly. And you know what? There were times that I was like, just shut up and, you know, go and hand me and, and, and pour me some coffee. Okay. Get off the microphone and go get back there and brew me a pot. Okay. Cause I, <laughs> Because I drink a lot of coffee when I fly. <laughs> I drink coffee all the time. It's like, shut up and pour the coffee, okay? So, you know what? There was no investigations then from anybody. 
There's more investigations. And, and he's been, and Christopher Hahn, who I used to have on the show all the time, and I don't anymore because he makes me want to jab myself in the eyeball with a pen. Oh, friend of mine from Fox News. I can't tolerate him anymore. But anyway, he tweeted out that, that this was, that Southwest, by not firing him, was a sympathizing with a terrorist. A terrorist? You kidding me? And this man's under an investigation. More investigation is going into this Southwest airline pilot than was done to investigate the ISIS people brought here and the Taliban people brought here on planes, courtesy of the U.S. government, that share the same ideology that involved planes flying into the Twin Towers. That's what's going on here. You know, no, what they want to do is they want to look into this man and justify firing him and canceling him. They're going to look back through his underwear drawer. That's metaphorical. They're going to look back through his underwear drawer and find something they can use to fire him for this. Simply because he criticized a sitting president. You ought to be able to criticize anybody you want. Anytime, any place, in my opinion. Want to criticize Trump when he was in office? That's your prerogative. Right. Now, if and, and if it's and if he shouldn't have done it under Southwest, but like I said, because they've got, you know, rules and you know, regulations around, then then put put a slap on his, you know, put something in his file. But you're going to fire him. And, and then what's that going to do to your customers? And oh, by the way, half your customers, probably more than half your customers, when I get to use the latest NBC polls, probably probably a good 60, 75 percent of your customers agreed with the pilot. So you're going to make sure that they fly another airline then? Mm hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. All eyes on Virginia. Ed Martin, brother Ed Martin's going to be here to tell you guys what you need to know about this race. And he's going to get, I'm going to make him get out of his magic eight ball and tell me what he predicts for tomorrow's race in Virginia. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is election eve. And it's really interesting to me that we've got an off-year election. And I don't remember the last time that an off-year election, and not even midterms, was garnering this much attention, particularly when it involves a state. I mean, how many people actually know this, you know, besides Newsom, really, or DeSantis, or maybe even Christy Noem? How many people really know the names of the governors around the country, particularly smaller states? But all eyes tonight are on Virginia. And so, of course, I had to reach out to uh, my favorite resident Virginian, host of the Pro-America Report here on The Answer San Diego, brother Ed Martin. And he joins me now to tell you everything that you need to know about this race for tomorrow. Hello. Hey, Andrea, how are you? It's uh, it's good to catch up. It's been too long. It's great to be with you. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, The whole country is looking at uh, Virginia and really the world because Biden's over in uh, Scotland or Italy, I guess, in Scotland. And uh, it is really interesting. I mean, you know, it, one detail, Andrea, that's really funny uh, in a way, it's kind of uh, ironic. Um, for about three weeks, we've had early voting here. And Virginia has control of the legislature by the Democrats and the governor's office, so they passed a suitably, you know, too long early voting situation. Mm-hmm. Well, about five days or three days into the early voting is when Terry McAuliffe, the former governor who's running again for governor, said he didn't think parents should have any say about public education. And he's actually, I think he might be paying a price because a lot of voters are like, huh, I don't like that. And they're going to vote. So it, um, it is really interesting, as you point out, um, you know, it's an off-year election, Virginia is, you know, nobody really knows who the governor of Virginia is, but it does happen every time. You know, after Trump won, 
in 16. 2017 is when the, the, the voters really turned out for the Democrats. It, it kind of it plays out the way that whoever's got the White House, they tend to be on the ropes a little bit. And boy, oh boy, in Virginia, uh, Biden's approval rating, I think he was at, I don't know, 54% approval rating after Election Day. He's down to about 40 and uh, so it's there, they, you know, Terry McAuliffe sets up as a typical insider swamp guy and his opponent, the Republican, is a business guy. He's not a politician. So all the uh, all the details look good for Republicans, but you still got to go vote and, and you still got to wonder who's going to count the votes. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, there's so much to, to, to get in, into there. Um, yeah, let, let's start with before I get into the, the elections and the uh, integrity, yeah. election integrity and the early voting and all that. I want to pick up on what you're talking about with the polling, because NBC had a poll come out today. And I think this is what's, what's going on in these polls is reflective of why this Virginia race is so important, and why the Democrats are worried about it being a bellwether. Um, because what's different about yeah. this year versus 2017 is we did not have anything even remotely similar to the level of that's right of right, of right. crisis in the Ameri- in the United States of America that we have right now from an open border which is literally an open border inviting anybody in millions of people coming into this country from the Afghanistan debacle that was a complete surrender of which we then brought in 100,000 refugees into this country <laughs> that weren't vetted that are, are currently committing crimes and and uh, and threats across this country um, inflation, economic conditions. I mean, it's a complete disaster nine months in to the point to where uh, 71%, according to this NBC poll, 70% of Americans say that we're on the wrong track. That includes Democrats because 93% of Republicans say we're on the right track. When it comes to um, uh, 2022, getting into that, when asked about who better handles particular issues, Republicans held a double-digit advantage on border security by 27 points, Ed Martin. Inflation, yeah. 24 points. Crime, 22 points. Uh, national security, 21 points. Economy, 18 points. They are in crisis mode right now. And I think they're concerned that if they lose Virginia, it's going to be, you know, just kind of like a, a wave um, going into the midterms and into 2024. Well, certainly, look, I mean, the Commonwealth of Virginia has not, just under 9 million voters. That's about the, the population. But it really splits up into two kind of regions. Northern Virginia, which is dominated by the swamp, you know, it's right across the river from D.C., and then the rest of the state, which is more conservative. It's just a traditional, much more traditional, almost as almost southern. Um, so you're right about the, the details, because if you lose northern Virginia, Democrats, if you're losing Northern Virginia, you're losing the voters that across the country, you know, suburban Jersey, suburban Los Angeles, suburban San Diego, where you saw an uptick in voters who were willing to cross over. That's why the issues, you know, you you can the 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 issues in a a state race. I learned this in Missouri when I ran the party. they, they, They rotate through. Sometimes the top issue is crime. Sometimes it's education. Sometimes it's jobs in the economy. Top issue. But they rotate through those. You know, there's, you don't you suddenly have like, you know, uh, landing a man on Mars is a top issue. Right now in Virginia, it's education. Mm-hmm. And you hear voters saying from the CRT stuff to the mismanagement of the transgender stuff in northern Virginia, where they're so liberal. Look, Fairfax County, Loudoun County are as liberal counties as you can be. They're, they're just as far left as any county in L.A. or San Francisco. So they, they mismanage these things. 
Plus, a lot of families had kids have to stay home because they've all been locked down. They've all been masked and, and all the rules and stay at home. So parents saw these schools and, they, and there's just been this growing surge of I am dissatisfied with the direction of things. And so, again, you know, whether it can extrapolate to the, the nation, you know, remains to be seen. It usually does. Um, one last detail, by the way, inflation. Northern Virginia is very prosperous, right? We up here, I live in Northern Virginia, our property values are going up while the rest of the country, real estate values are going up, the rest of the country is stagnant. But inflation, you, you go to the store right now and milk is 30% higher mm-hmm. almost week to week. So yeah. that people are like, what's going on here? Right. And then Joe Biden is stumbling around. So it, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. But again, having said all that, Andrea, caution everybody, it's almost like the California recall. You felt like the momentum was your way. There are structural aspects of this where Virginia is probably a plus five or six Democrat state and they cheat. So I'm not feeling confident. I just think that all the right things are happening the right way. Well, yeah, I mean, nothing matters unless elections matter. I don't like early voting. I think Republicans, like in the state of Georgia, their solution to combat what happened in November is, oh, we're going to expand early voting. No, we we need to go back to election day and with paper ballots. There's nothing good for anybody that, and, and even for the voter, because you're you go early, like a month in advance, and then you find out some crap that that you know, and then you regret, which a lot of uh, Biden voters felt that way in November when stuff came out about Hunter Biden. Biden, right? right. And, and not enough had, had come out. But I think what's really interesting was going on with the parents issue over there, because it is representative of the fact that the entire Democrat Party, they, they are communist. I'm going to flat out say it. What's going mm-hmm. on with CRT, the transgender movement, what they've done with coronavirus uh, across the country with their with their restrictions and their mandates and their seizures of business is all part of trying to turn this country into their communist centralized system of power with control over us. And if and if and that's really what the parents are standing up against, the CRT is the symptom of the problem. Right. Yeah, I agree it's the you. symptom. Yep. And if they and if they're able to stand up. And take that state back against the forces of Marxism. That's a bad sign for the Democrats going forward with the country. But then they're going to dig their heels in and make sure that they've got the elections set up in a way systemically to where we can't win. Right. Well, and you said something there. It's important on the education issue in Virginia, just Virginia to watch tomorrow. As you pointed out, it's about three or four issues around education that have galvanized people to say the Democrats are not doing it right. One is the COVID handling, right? That, that people just say to themselves, we can't get a straight answer out from Fauci to the school board. We can't figure out what you, if you're lying to us all the time or some of the time, and we're worried about it. So that's one. Second one is CRT, which is obvious. Third one is the transgender stuff. There's been a series of incidents in Northern Virginia of sexual violence by students on students. Maybe it's transgender, but it doesn't matter because it looks like it. So they haven't had an answer. Their answer is, course we want transgenders to go into your girls rooms and so they're like what is this and then the last one is just the general mismanagement you know biden is delivering a message that our team democrats you know he, he, he's the head of it we don't know what we're doing on everything from afghanistan to gas prices you know to to uh to talking to the pope so it, it, all those things come together and it starts to become a real movement people are really energized and now even the new york times yesterday it had a quote from a guy who said, Glenn Miller was his name. I chuckled because it sounds like the band leader, right? Glenn Miller from McLean, Virginia, Northern Virginia. He said, I'm a Democrat. I voted for Hillary. I voted for Biden. I'm not voting for McAuliffe. 
I'm voting for Youngkin. These people are out of control. So again, optimism abounds, but we'll see on uh, you know on, on election night if Youngkin, the Republican, is winning at a. 10 o'clock at night and they stop the votes to do some counting and mm-hmm. we find out that McCall wins by two points. Yeah, I won't be surprised. I will not be surprised. Me neither. You know, we'll see if they have a, a water main break at their county headquarters, <laughs> you know, like in exactly. Atlanta. Hey, I mean, you know that they're worried when they do the stunt that they did in Charlottesville with yeah. Democrat yeah. staffers. The Lincoln yep. Project. I mean, you know, that if seeing if, if Saturday Night Live doesn't do a skit on that Saturday, then they have just yeah. really wasted. You know, Dave Chappelle maybe needs to do a skit on that. Uh, that, yeah. to me, is some serious desperation. Well, and, and of course, look, uh, you're right about that. And let me go. Let's circle all the way back. I don't trust polls of any kind, but I do trust the conduct of politicians. And in the last 10 days, we've had Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Jill Biden, Stacey Abrams, Barack Obama, all visit Virginia. They're not doing it to make arguments. They're doing it to try to get the base motivated. And as right. you point out, yes, two days ago, and I don't believe it was Lincoln Project. I think they're coming for other people. They had five Democrat staffers in khaki <laughs> pants and a white shirt, including a black guy stand in front of the stand in front of the Yunkin bus with a tiki torch to try to echo the white supremacist idiots that showed up at that rally a few years ago. And you know, here's the problem with Andrea. It's so stupid. It's so pathetic. But they did get the conversation on that topic. And, and it is such a lie. You know, that whole Charlottesville thing was yeah, a lie. Total. And, and it was a lie about Trump. But even still, they had a black guy. There's a black guy and a white woman that were part of these white white supremacist <laughs> stage thing. I'm like, guys, I mean, that's what Saturday Night Live should do. Saturday Night Live should do a skit where they have a meeting and they say, guys, we're going to go to the stunt. And the black guy goes, uh, maybe, I, I don't think I want to cover this one. Maybe Can I just can I just kind of cover this on the hit, Twitter feed or something? And they're like, no, no, you got the tiki torch. So anyway. but Well, if you're going to have tiki torches out there, I want to see a luau. I want to see them roasting a pig, do a little kushan right. delay, roast thought, a pig, and, and have a little a, luau. You <laughs> thought it was a Jimmy Buffett concert. You're like, oh, what's going on here? They got a bus and a Jimmy Buffett. So, yeah, look, all kidding aside, I think you're going to see really solid turnout. I think the Democrats are terrified of the future. But in this period of American political life, I, I don't trust anything normal to happen. I really don't. No. I think, again, we have uh, Fairfax County, one of the largest counties in the country, and it's a big one in northern Virginia. Virginia, they were they just were confronted in court five days ago because they weren't doing absentee ballots correctly. They were not taking Social Security numbers, which is required by law. Mm-hmm. And so you say to yourself, how many other things are going on? And look, the other problem is they've known McAuliffe was in trouble for three weeks. It's and so they might have enough time to yeah. go find some suitcases. And, yeah, what? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Rejigger the system. So mm-hmm. what have they been doing for the tomorrow. last three weeks? They because you know they never the Democrats never you know waste an opportunity. Um, it'll be it, it it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, <sighs> Trump should Trump have gone and been on the stump there? He finally weighed in tonight, but he act, he never actually went to Virginia. Do you think he should have gone there? Yeah, I, well, I want to explain this to you, Andrew, because I want to warn you and the listeners. I've talked about it on the Pro-America Report right there on the network, but um, there's, a, there's a constant refrain in Washington right now in the swamp, amongst Republicans, too, the, the establishment. And the refrain goes like this. Trump's ideas were great. Trump was really a great president, but he's too divisive, and we have to not have him out there. Now, and, and I'll tell you, it's a lie, but it's being done well. And so for about 10 days, the media here, Washington Post, others have been saying, oh, my gosh, the last thing Youngkin wants is Trump to come, and and because Northern Virginia hates Trump. But so so far, one thing is true: if Trump's not on the ballot, 
they don't come to vote for him. In other words, MAGA people don't come out if he's not on the ballot. Generally, it didn't happen in 18. It didn't happen in 19. There were elections in, in Virginia in 19. And so I, I don't buy it. And I think it's a yeah. setup. I think, look, I don't think he should have come to campaign. He didn't need to. But I can tell you this. In Virginia, MAGA, the MAGA vote, I call it the MAGA differential. Whether you think it's 20 percent or 25 percent are new voters, they are strong in Virginia. And they are turning out in Virginia because he said yesterday uh, Youngkin's good. And six months ago he said Youngkin's good. So I don't know that he needed to campaign here. I'll tell you this. Every other ad that Terry McAuliffe runs says something like Youngkin is just like Trump. Mm -hmm. And my wife turned to me. My wife turned to me four days ago. So do they think that's bad? Because a lot of people, you know, Trump's been off the scene long enough. There's still lunatics that hate him. You know, 30 percent that can't get over it. But the rest of the country's going I maybe didn't like his tweets, but at least he could, you know, form a sentence. And well, well, you know what? By- the, where where have been the 40,000 and the 50,000 crowds of people chanting blank uh, Donald yeah. Trump? It didn't happen right. in his four years. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and actually, another test of that, testament to that is Youngkin is having rallies. There's a thousand people, you know, for governor's races, a thousand people is a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Terry McCall stopped doing his end of the campaign tour because there were 20 people at each stop. So, again, <laughs> you know, the, the, what, the, what the Democrats count on is the structural system in a place like Virginia, where they have the governor's office now, the attorney general's office now, the lieutenant governor's office now, and all the and they have a House and Senate control. So they use the institution and the money. Mm-hmm. And then they count on the fact that they can steal it if they need to. That usually works. You know, I think uh, Trump's message the other day was you got to come out with a flood to over. It's like why Trump won in 16. Hillary thought she was going to win because she knew they had the game rigged. But Trump was so strong, they didn't rig it enough. So I think that's what they've got to count on. But uh, again, it's um, it's I will say I, Virginia's Republican Party has been a disappointment yeah. in my time out here, which is five years, four years. Uh, but this time. It's been Yunkin has run a great campaign that has solidified the Virginia, you know, party together to get things done. So I'm, I'm cautious and optimistic. Well, I'm, I'm I share your cautious optimism. What I don't what I what I'm not optimistic about is is our election integrity in, in, across the country. And the Democrats are willing they're willing to go. Oh, you know what? Here's the game. They don't take the Social Security numbers. They don't get the signatures. And yeah. then it's like, well, we have to count these. Every vote should be counted. So then they get counted. It's like yeah. Arizona, right? I mean, 50,000 right. votes were illegal votes. But, you know, they, they get counted because we have to count every vote. Even though the yeah. margin, if we only looked at legitimate legal votes, Trump would already have the, the, the those uh, electoral numbers would yeah. have already been reversed, taken from Biden and, and given to Trump. So that's right. the game. Well, you know, well, let me say, let me say, let me say one final thing. Final thoughts. Final yeah, thoughts. Youngkin, well, Youngkin was in a meeting about uh, three weeks ago and he said, I'm an operations guy. Uh, Youngkin is the Republican. He said, they're not going to steal this. And they have watchers. They have cameras on the drop boxes. They have a, they have a model that could be the future in terms of tr- uh, the, having a campaign include election integrity in their thing. So again, uh, you know, if you're in Virginia, your friends in Virginia, Tell them they got to get out and vote. They've got to vote against the madness. Whether you hate Fauci, hate the CRT, hate Biden, this is a chance to send a message. And by the way, after the Republican wins, Youngkin wins, and I think there'll be a Republican sweep, Biden's uh, agenda is dead. Yeah. I mean, Manchin has already said that thing is over. So this is a big night, a big 48 hours coming at you. Well, feel free to call in tomorrow night. And, okay, and uh, the the phone the phones are available to you, my dear. And I thank you for calling okay. in tonight. It's late back there for Ed, and he he's got a long day. Uh, before he calls in tonight. So I appreciate it. I really do. 
Okay, Andrea, talk to you soon. Thanks, bud. All right, and y'all listen to, you know, he comes on early in the morning before Hugh Hewitt. So check out his podcast. Go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com, Pro America Report. Listen to Ed. He's got great guests, and he does a great show every night for us. We're going to take a break. We come back. We've got more on the other side, so don't go away. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Facebook at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. A couple pieces of good news in relations to our courts uh, today. Before I get into that, I'm going to give you guys my understanding of what's happening with this case that the Supreme Court's hearing uh, today regarding Texas. Um, I, I, I think that it says everything about uh, this left court, uh, left-leaning court, that they fast-tracked this thing, like, I mean, within days so that they could hear this case. Uh, and um, <sighs> meanwhile, they have not heard one case that had to do with people seeking, like Maine on Friday, what they, the, the residents of Maine and healthcare workers were being denied religious exemptions. And SCOTUS refused to hear the case. And it was uh, Kavanaugh and uh, ACB sided with, with the leftist judges on that. We don't, we don't have a conservative we court. We don't have a, con- we, we not only don't have a conservative court, we've got a far left leaning court. Uh, Emma Robinson tweeted out on Friday that uh, she was waiting for um, Amy Coney Barrett's book to come out entitled, um, um, I caved to the left on everything. And, you know, uh, it was tongue in cheek. It read better as a tweet than my, than my, well, the way I just said it as a joke. But, um, it's true. I mean, she's, she's, I mean, far left. Gorsuch wrote a dissent that was basically scathing because it's like, you know, how, how can we not be hearing a case that involves people seeking religious exemptions here, right? But what no, do you they, think? I think he's the lone conservative on the, on the, on the court. Uh, well, well, um, he wrote the dissent, but he was joined with a Thomas. Uh, and Alito, I believe, who dissented against the Kavanaugh and Roberts and um, ACB, who joined with Kagan and Sotomayor. Um, I'm probably leaving somebody out. But this Texas case is interesting because what happened was, you know, Texas, different legislatures around the country are looking at ways that they can creative ways that they can deal with the abortion issue. And this was very interesting because this isn't about banning. This this case actually isn't about Roe v. Wade. It's basically, a, it's kind of a state's rights case. And that what happened is they've made it possible for somebody who's been wronged by abortion. Like, let's say, you know, somebody who says, I, you know, my wife, you know, got this abortion and, you know, and I didn't want her to lose my child. Um, they, they ban abortion at six weeks and then somebody who, and then if it happens, the aggrieved party can, can sue, right? Which is incredibly interesting. So, um, with the, what they're hearing this case about is, so then the federal government, the department of justice jumped in, which is unheard of for the department of justice, some federal judge somewhere to, to jump in and try to stop something from happening, um, they they don't really have standing to do that. And I'm not an attorney. I'm just trying to tell you what what uh, I find interesting is not just that the it's kind of a state's rights issue. The state had a right to do to, to do this law, uh, according to Sekulow show who I was listening to. Um, the Supreme Court is supposed to assume that when a body of legislatures write a law that is presumed to be legal. 
and you're not supposed to have a federal judge and there's actual precedent that federal judges cannot just decide to step in on their own and stop a law that's legal, as is the case here. And so what's happened is abortion providers are asking the Supreme Court to 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 overturn precedent, which is interesting because Roe v. Wade, it's all about precedent. Once Roe v. Wade got stamped into law, nobody's ever allowed to quit. Every time somebody nominee goes before the Senate for confirmation, it's what do you believe about stare decisis? Precedent, 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 right? I don't believe Roe v. Wade is ever going to be overturned. Roe v. Wade will be brought before the, the courts next month in, De- in December. Uh, regarding the Mississippi case, the Dobbs case, um, I think it's I, I, and I think that we can expect that both cases we're that Kavanaugh and ACB are going to side with the far left. And those who who held out hope that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned in the United States are going to be disappointed. That's my take on it. Um, uh, I think President Trump needs to stop touting the Supreme Court as one of his successes. I don't blame him for this. He relied on people. He's not an attorney. He relied on people telling him, here's the names of the most conservative jurists that we have out there. Yeah, again, surrounded himself with the wrong people. Well, you know, um, I think, you know, he, you know, the problem is ACB came out of Notre Dame. Kavanaugh was teaching at Harvard. I don't remember where he got his Stay out of the Ivy League. We got it. Yes. These are people that have, are coming out of indoctrination centers. Why would they ever be conservative, right? Um, we do have a couple good good uh, news stories, though. Um, a Louisiana court has temporarily blocked the healthcare vaccine mandate, and they and, and uh, this court has said until the the um, it's a temporary they were granted a temporary restraining a restraining order until the case gets heard, um, at, and and the people have their day in court. Of course, um, so a far left person has said uh, Tulane law. Of course, Tulane. I used to have a T-shirt that said Tulane, where the women are women and the men are too. <laughs> anyway, so this Tulane professor said, "Well, you know, this just postpones the inevitable." Look, this is this is the hill we need to die on, right? Because this is where this is why the people are really pushing back, and why I said to Ed Martin, "What what's re- what's really about in Virginia and these and these parents? What they're really pushing back is not so much about CRT and transgender, because it, because what's going on with the left is not about CRT and it's not about transgenderism. It's about ushering communism into this country, and coronavirus." paved the way for them to usher communism communism into this country. It was the perfect opportunity. It was the perfect opportunity for them. That's why it went from 14 days to flatten the curve to now a year and a half later to no end in sight and multiple boosters for something that's not even remotely a vaccine. Right? This is why we've got five-year-olds now they are going to be jabbed. Tennessee, the Tennessee uh, legislature has banned vaccine passports and it protects doctors who speak out against the shots because doctors uh, are are getting uh, fired. There was a video that went viral today. I don't know if this was a nurse or a doctor. I think it was here in California where she's being escorted out uh, from Kaiser Foundation because she refused to get the shot. Um, I think 33% update on New York City fire uh, fire department and the police. I think for NYPD, 33% 33% of them are on unpaid leave. Wow. Think about that. You, would you feel safe in New York City right now? Uh, there's no way I'm going, going to New York like that. No way. Uh-uh. 33%. Think about how that city has gone from back in the um, pre-Giuliani days to where Times Square was just 
an armpit to him cleaning up that city to now what it is today. Democrats ruin everything. They absolutely ruin everything. They ruin it. And then they tell you that they're, they're going to solve the problem for you. And that if you just allow them to tax you to death, that they're going to make it better. Right. I haven't talked about the, the New Jersey governor's race, but I watched a video today of these residents and they're they're complaining about how in New Jersey they pay the highest property taxes in the nation. They're being taxed to death. And yet they're still looking. To, it looks like the Democrat person running for office for governor is probably going to win. Well, I mean, how do you how do you help people? We got that here in California. They just continue to vote for the same people and the same ideology that's killing them. Because Democrats, the answer is that we, we, you just haven't let us go far enough. You just haven't let us tax you enough. Right. Well, Manchin has said about the spending bill, he said he's, he's not going along with it because they're playing games with the numbers. They're telling you that it's cost one and a half trillion because when they're looking at this bill, they're adding up the numbers for just the first year. Not the not, you know, the entirety of when these policies will take place. So Manchin's isn't in on the spending bill. But he wants a bipartisan bill, which scares me because we've got enough rhinos that are willing to go along uh, with too much. I think one prediction before we take a break, if Virginia goes Yunkin tomorrow, uh, Ed said that the Democrat agenda is dead. I say they're going to go all in on H.R. 1. Well, of course they are. That's their only hope. They got to centralize the elections. They're really going to be going in on that. And they're going to find some Republicans are going to go along with some of the items. They're not going to get everything that they want. But I think they'll get enough. They'll they'll get the Liz Cheney's. They'll get the Liz Cheney's who's going around doing doing Jim Acosta shows talking about January 6th. It's it's not over yet. Trump's insurrection continues. Well, we will continue on the other side of the break. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Facebook at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. A.K., Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea Kay. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. So on tomorrow night's show, I've actually got Peter Navarro scheduled to come on here. Um... He, he was obviously a part of the Trump administration and one of his financial advisors. And he's got a book out called In Trump Time, a Journal of America's Plague Year. And so it's interesting to have him on. So um, let me know what questions you would ask him if you were me tomorrow night. You can post those questions on Facebook. And let's keep that conversation rolling there. And I'll see you tomorrow night. Election night. Don't miss it. Tune in. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Peace out.